Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Connective Leadership. This is David Kraft, and this is episode three. I'm uh, I'm happy to have you here with me today, and uh, we're going to continue talking about the gap, um, and we're going to continue talking about the um, the issues that are created when there's a gap between what a group of people who are being uh, led, uh, we'll say a team. Um, what that group thinks and what the management or ownership of that uh, particular organization might say the group thinks or believes. Um, so, and actually more specifically, the gap would be defined as the, it's the communication belief. So <clears throat> specifically, if we were to pull a management team, including ownership, and we were to ask the, that team how how open do you believe your door is the figurative my door is always open thing how 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 open do you believe your door is um for your team to communicate with you uh around any issue really um issues that might be important to them uh concerns that they have about their job, about someone else's job, about the work that you do, about the product that you produce, about the service that you deliver, uh, about your marketing plan, about what's in the snack machine, whatever, it doesn't matter. How open do you believe, again, we're asking the management and ownership of, a, of an organization, how open do you believe your door really is? Well, when we ask this question of a management team, we get answers on a scale of one to 10. We, we use a, a, a one to 10 scale, really simple situation. People have done it for years. Um, and we get answers in the um, typically eight to eight to ten range. Oh my! Oh yeah, they totally know. They totally know that that that, that my door's always open. That I care about what they think, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the gap specifically is the gap between what they say and what that exact team says when confidentially polled and are asked the same question. And the gap in most organizations is fairly significant. And when I say most, let's go ahead and define that in 80 to 85% of the organizations where we ask these questions, the gap is more than three to four points, which means that on the averages, we're getting management's giving us an eight to 10 door open totally working, super good communication, we are all about it. The team is giving something three to four points lower than that, so uh, something more like in the four to six range. That's a huge gap, and it's a huge problem. And honestly, uh, it's, it's becoming an even bigger problem. I recently read a report for, uh, by MC, um, great research company uh, here in the U.S. They um, uh, developed a report called the Demographic Drought. And um, it outlines in fair detail the issues that the, that the workforce is facing right now, uh, or more specifically that the uh, organizations that are looking to maintain workforce and labor force, and in other words, people who are trying to recruit and or retain talent, it's outlining the struggles that they're going to continue to face, uh, which many of them I uh, are under the impression have to do with 
uh, here in the U.S. anyway, large unemployment numbers and, and whatnot. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, large unemployment compensation numbers. Uh, it's been uh, kind of a big topic of discussion the last several months, maybe a year with COVID-19 uh, being the big you know headliner. People have been getting paid fairly well to stay home, and you know the bottom part of the of the workforce has uh, certainly uh, had some people that sat on the sidelines because the uh, un- unemployment compensation was pretty generous, and in some cases more generous than their actual day job or night job uh, paid on the hourly. Now that's all come to, an, to come to a close in most uh, more than half of the states here in the U.S. And that probably wasn't a global situation anyway, albeit it may have touched other parts of the globe. But the point is that that slice of the issue was only a tiny little slice. And I think many people are under the impression that they're only having trouble sourcing the the talent they need to grow in this uh, fairly high demand period. Um, they're only ha- they, they believe they're only having trouble uh, sourcing the people because of that. And the MC report has made it very, very clear that there is a much broader scope problem in terms of, it's called the the demographic drought. I highly recommend it. I'll put a link somewhere uh, or at least an address somewhere where you guys can can get to it. But um, it's very, it's very valuable information if you're growing a business and you're trying to uh, determine how you're going to recruit and retain. Uh, let's not forget that when there's a tight labor market, that means that you are more likely to have uh, ha- the hazard of, of, of your team being poached by another team. And um, that's why it is so vital going forward that we as leaders and managers in, in, the, in our organizations find ways to engage our team and make sure that they feel valued because we may not be able to pay them more than somebody else could. But what we can do is we can make their job, their life, their fulfillment piece, we can hear, we can hear them. And we can, we can, give, we can, we can allow them to, to, to be a value in our organizations in a way that maybe other organizations would not allow them to be. And that would represent a competitive advantage for most, most recruiting and retention. Uh, and it would also make uh, it also causes loyalty to go up, which keeps them from leaving when poaching offers do come along. They won't take the risk that the culture of the other organization isn't as communicative. It isn't going to be a good move. Uh, matter of fact, I just had a client um, just this last week who had um, one of their really one of their best team members was was what had been offered another position by another company. And the team member really wanted to stay, but uh, it was quite the dicey negotiation to make everything work so that they they were able to stay and not be turning down a potentially great opportunity elsewhere. So anyway, uh, back to the to 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 the the, the MC uh, piece and the, the 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 economic or demographic drought. The the global workforce, the global community of people who work in organizations, which is obviously comprised of, uh, you know, the whole spectrum. There's management people there, there's supervisory people there, there's uh, uh, people who are working uh, in in those teams that are managed and supervised, and then there's, of course, ownership and, and executive level leadership as well. It's the the broad scope. Across the board, there's a, there's there's a, a rebellion, if you will, against 
the communication dysfunction of business, of, 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 uh, of corporate life, of corporate structure. I mean, watch an episode of The, of the Office. The, the, what makes it so funny is, the, is, 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 is oftentimes, li- quite literally, this gap that we're talking about between what the management thinks, the team thinks, and what the team actually thinks. So uh, if we think that it's funny, uh, you know, if, if you can make a whole show almost entirely around uh, the concept of the gap, then uh, I think we can safely assume that that's something that uh, really resonates with people. And it's resonating increasingly. So, <clears throat> I talked a little bit of, uh, in episode two, matter of fact, I devoted the bulk of the episode to it, um, about the, uh, the epiphanies of the last year for me personally, uh, in terms of the hazards of the gap in all dynamics that have a, any kind of authority structure, um, which kind of describes almost all dynamics, but you know, maybe some dynamics uh, represent a fairly lateral uh, uh, authority structure, maybe not uh, as much pyramidal, but more lateral. But most, most groups have some level of, uh, and I hate this word, but I'm gonna use it anyway, hierarchical uh, uh, structure. So, um, considering that's the case, uh, the gap is present pretty much in all of those. Matter of fact, the gap is present even sometimes just in a one-to-one. It doesn't even have to be, there doesn't have to be an authority structure. It could be a, uh, you know, a, uh, uh, you know, a, a relationship between a husband and a wife or a, you know, a father and a child or a, you know, whatever. There can still be a gap between what one party thinks the other party thinks and what that party actually thinks. And, you know, again, to tie it back to what we're specifically talking about in leadership here, uh, I want to stay focused on the gap in what the team thinks in terms of communication, right? Because the key here, in my view, in terms of good leadership is creating and working with good communication. Communication is the key to all of it. Uh, and it should be a loop, <coughs> and um, and essentially that feedback loop uh, that you create with good communication, that is what causes an organization to be able to organically innovate, to be able to capture um, and, and, and leverage the totality of the value that could come from the whole team, not just from the executive team or not just from the ownership or not just from uh, the managers or the supervisors it's it's everyone and when you harness the totality of that via communication then that's it's wonderful for the organization we just we, we're kind of touching on it there you have innovation you have uh, 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 you know retention and and, and typically, you know, higher morale and, and, and productivity and all those things, that's great for the organization. But those are all actually somewhat symptomatic results of the systemic piece, which is that the people in the organization feel valued, right? So, so it's not just so much that, that, that uh, the organization is able to win. Um, everyone's winning. That's why the organization is winning, if that makes sense. Uh, so... What you have is you have people that are legitimately engaged, 
Um, and I know, uh, I don't know how much we've talked about this, but you know, I'm going to touch on it just for a minute here, but, um, Gallup has, 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 has tracked employee engagement, um, by some general survey work that they do for some time now. And general employee engagement isn't really breaking any records, even though they're trying to move the needle with the, um, strengths-based management concepts. Um, my consulting firm has definitely done work with the strengths-based um, assessment processes, and they're wonderful, and they do bring uh, a good value to the workplace. But I think what we're seeing um, in the results that we're getting from the last decade or two with Gallup actually tracking it every year is that there's more to it than that. Most people's careers are at least generally in the vicinity of, of things that they feel they 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 possess as strengths. They may not have identified them via the strengths finder assessment. They may not know how to dub them, you know, in a specific word or, or words, but excuse me, but they but they're working generally in their strengths. Does it help for them to leverage those? Of course. Does it help to identify them? Does it help to identify them in, across a team? So that people can connect the dots as far as what other people are good at and what they're good at and try to position people in a way that the bulk of their day is is around their strength. Yes, that all helps. But what we're seeing in the fact that that needle is not just breaking records because there's been a lot of movement toward the strengths-based management philosophy. So many, 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 many workers, especially here in the U.S., have have experienced management teams that <coughs> excuse me, got a hold of the strengths-based management concept and began to uh, apply that in, in, those, in those businesses. Did it move the needle? Yes. Is it moving the needle kind of in the same way a good motivational conference moves the needle? Yes. So, for instance, you've got a sales team, you take the sales team, you take them to see a, a motivational person, pick your person, we'll take Tony Robbins, somebody like that, somebody who's going to really, you know, really build them up. Darren Hardy, one of these, you know, one of these sales oriented trainers, it's going to really, really rev them up for a day or two or a week. Depends on how much you want to spend on the, on, on having them, uh, you know, on the, on the events. But the point is that when they come home from that, they will, it will move the needle in, in that, in that pocket of people. Uh, how long it moves the needle is, is, you know, it's, it's completely a question of, there's no answer, no specific answer to that, but that's kind of the point. The needle doesn't move forever. That's why they keep doing the conferences, the retreats, the whatever, because it only moves the needle for a period of time. The only thing that will perpetuate a fulfillment-based thing for a group is something that is repetitive, something that becomes part of the fabric of the organization, something that uh, that is done on a regular basis. Communication, okay, C- communication qualifies as one of those types of things, and here's why. Because people want to be heard. It's, it's a humongous thing to be heard. They want to contribute to the group effort. They want to deliver value um, and when they do that, then fulfillment shows up in their work world specifically, if we're talking about that. And unfortunately, most team members of businesses around the globe don't feel that their opinions are, are, are welcome, much less are they sought. 
they their opinion of their spot in the organization is they're generally just kind of along for the ride. What they might bring to the table, in many cases, they just don't they don't believe that that there's a desire on anyone else's part to uh, hear or 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 unpack or or do anything with. So, so back to what we were just talking about a minute ago. So you've got organizations that are missing out on tremendous innovative potential, tremendous um, input on general operations, just things that could be done better on the daily, things that would, would improve their, their standing between the management team, if you will, and the, and the people doing the work. Um, you know, simple things sometimes, really simple things, we find as we're surveying these team members, um, will make a substantial difference in their world. It's just that they have to be in a position where they believe that they're that they actually have an open door opportunity to communicate with the people who could theoretically do something with whatever it is they're bringing, which typically is supervisory management and or executive and ownership level leaderships. So <clears throat> I said all that to say this. Hearing people equals valuing people. And so the, the skill of the leader, you know, we use the word listening a lot. Listening is actually not necessarily hearing. Listening means you sit there and they talk and the words come and, they, and sometimes they just go. That's not really being heard. Listening is, uh, hearing is more active. Um, and actually, you know, technically by definition, I mean, maybe may inverting, uh, these, these two, I'd have to, uh, have to look at them really definitionally, but, um, you know, I think, I think, yeah, you know what, we're going to, we're going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to invert those two because the reality is listening is the, is, is the act of actually you know, hearing, you're hearing the, the you know, the words, the, the words are coming into your sphere. Uh, and, and, and hearing is actually, um, it's actually more active. It's, 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 it's pulling it all together. It's receiving it. Um, so actually I'm not inverting. I'm, I'm staying with what I said. Hearing is the more powerful of the two, of the two terms. So um, sorry, I questioned my own notes there for just a moment, but I'm coming back to where I started. Uh, so <clears throat> it's important to people to be heard. That's the key takeaway of this point. It's important to people to be heard, and when they are heard, they feel valued. And when they feel valued, they bring their A game to everything. This is when you get real engagement, is when people feel valued. Part of the reason that the strengths-based management systems work is because at least for a period of time, people feel valued for their strengths. <clears throat> but nothing, nothing says value like listening and, 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 and hearing and taking what someone brings as value and doing something with it. So, what we have, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's identified um, both 
at trench level in my own work and the work of others and also at metadata level uh, throughout the workforce and, and, and um, global uh, workforce research, people put a, a tremendous value, humans put a tremendous value on uh, communication and there's a gap between what the leadership of most organizations believe the communication level is and what the team would argue that it actually is. So, <clears throat> the delusion, I guess, if you will, is that. The gap itself is the delusion of management. It, we're, we're, we're in the space where we believe we have something that we simply do not have. We believe that the team is is, is, is all about it. The team totally uh, believes that they can tell us anything. The team uh, brings every thought, every innovation, every everything that they have uh, for the good of the order, if you will, to benefit the group, to improve the, the, you know, the product, the service, the future of the company, whatever. We believe that they're bringing everything they've got because we believe that we have this beautiful uh, communicative uh, culture. But guess what? We don't. Now, we may have a more beautiful, more communicative culture than the organization up the road or across the country or whatever in a competitive landscape. But by the numbers, we simply don't consistently have a low gap situation. I literally do not. I have, I have never pulled a team where there was no gap. I have interviewed now at this point over a thousand uh, team members of various organizations and there has been zero instances where the team and the management team both reported the same level of communication in the organization. It's never happened. Does that mean that there's no team out there that does? No. I'm sure that there probably is a team out there that has a fairly, you know, maybe a what we would consider a statistically insignificant, maybe one point, maybe even two points between the two. But on the averages, it's much it's much wider than that. And what that means is that when we when we do a third party uh, neutral survey and we pull those those team members into a confidential setting, we get information that the management team does not get every day. And if they did get it, they would have an opportunity to act on it, and the organization, as a result, would be in a, would, would would improve. And and what's more is is it would improve on the regular, because there's always going to be somewhat of a transitional component to your to to your your team. People, you know, come they they work they move they you know they leave you you replace them with new people. There's always at least some level of 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 transitional flow so there's there's movement kind of like a you know like it's not a stagnant pond it's it's a moving it's a moving it's a dynamic system an ecosystem and so there should be a constant system in place for gathering the information that is that's possessed by this group um and again a system for hearing and a system for 
uh, which be, which is basically a system for putting value on what each each member, every member, better way to put it, brings to this, the equation. So, for this episode, I just want to um, I just want to make sure that that we're all kind of talking the same language as far as the uh, the gap and what it means. I think it's important for everyone to understand that the gap is not the gap between what people think should be done and what the management is doing. It's important that everybody understand the gap that we're talking about here is entirely the gap between what the management believes, their approachability. It's, this is a good way to put it. It's an approachability score. There's a the gap that we're discussing from episode one to now. It, it entirely has to do with the um, the uh, approachability score of the of the managers, supervisors, and ownership and you know, the leadership. We'll say so. It's not it's not about whether you're doing what they they would want done or you're running things you know their way or whatever. That's not it. <coughs> This gap that we're talking about is entirely a communication gap. There may be other areas where there may be gaps, and some of those gaps may be more difficult to close. It might be difficult to uh, negotiate some things that uh, perhaps one uh, member of a team or or, or group thinks um, should be done, or maybe several members. Um, There may be some uh, disagreement, per se, uh, or or, uh, some disagreements about what... decisions are made and whatnot. That's normal in a, in a group setting. And there's ways to work on that too, which eventually we'll talk about some of that as well. But what we're talking about right now is how approachable, how open is that door? People use the term, we have an open door policy. I have an open door policy. I cannot tell you how many managers and owners I've heard say, I have, I have a total open door policy. My team knows they can talk to me about anything. Well, this is what we're talking about. That's that approachability uh, situation. And the reality is they don't, they don't think that. They don't think that they can approach you about anything. Uh, as leaders, it is our job to create an environment where we prove to them that there's value on what they say by drawing on that value actively rather than assuming that if they wanted to tell us something, they would let us know because they don't. And the hazard of that, by extension, is that if people have something that's really burning in them, instead of bringing it to the organization, many times they'll start a business of their own. Because, hey, it's a great idea they've got, and and why not go ahead and go do it? That idea could have been part of the organization that they were in, potentially, if if only they had uh, been in a communication loop where they were drawn on for innovation for new ideas, for, hey, what? how could we do this better? How could we be better for our clients? How could we uh, you know, perform better uh, in our market, in our industry? So for this episode, let's, let's just, we'll, we'll bring it in, in, in for a landing here. I just, wanna, I just wanna make sure that the gap is well-defined as a, an approachability score is probably a good way to put it. And we are going to continue to look at this demographic drought piece, the labor piece where uh, we have a tightening labor market. And as leaders, it's going to become uh, 
uh, both uh, more challenging and, 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 and also incumbent upon us to design cultures and teams proactively that will allow us to recruit and retain talent over the coming decades. It's not going to be as easy as it has been, at least not for the last decade or decade and a half. Um, there's been a fair amount of, uh, uh, tra- uh, of change in the last decade or decade and a half in terms of workforce and what it's comprised of. And actually, uh, I will uh, put the, the link, that reminds me to get the link for the report uh, ready for you guys from MC so that you can take a look and, and, and you'll understand some of the, 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 the benchmark pieces that are showing up in terms of the challenges that we're going to be facing uh, in, 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 in as, as leaders of organizations in getting, in sourcing talent and, and recruiting and retaining that talent. So, um, so I'd say that's, this brings me in for a, a landing here on episode three. I want you guys to, uh, to continue to, uh, well, and I mean, honestly, from a leadership standpoint, what, what we can start doing right now today is we can, we, we can just understand that this dynamic is in place that there is likely a gap and that anything that we can do to draw out of someone their thoughts, their opinions, their viewpoint, their perceptions, their really anything, anything we can do to, 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 to open a forum of hearing with a team member or, 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 or a group of team members is going to be valuable no matter what that might look like in terms of the value. There will be value there even if it yields information that's not actionable, even if it yields information that is not specific to the business or any even if it just seems anecdotal, the value will be that 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 person or persons, that human or humans, will have felt heard. And when they feel heard, whether they are heard on a subject that's a core thing to them, that they just, it's a passion, they can't, they, they, they have to, they have to live, or whether it's, it has to do with what they ate for dinner last night. When they feel heard, they feel valued. And when they feel valued, they perform differently. And matter of fact, I don't like the word performance there, so I'm going to change that. When they feel valued, they simply run differently. I don't want it to be as if performance is the, is the goal, because it isn't. The goal is value. The goal is value perception. The goal is to raise the value perception between us as leaders and the the people that we are that we are working with every day. Our job is to increase their level of perceived value in the organization. And when we do this, we know that everyone wins. The organization wins symptomatically, if you will, because the team member wins systemically. So that's the deal for today. This episode is about that dynamic. And, and that's where, that's where I'm going to close it down and, uh, 
and I will look forward to the next episode where we'll continue unpacking these things. And I thank you guys for, uh, for being part of the show, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, we are Connective Leaders.